0: If you would take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. As you turn to Matthew chapter 18 this morning, there are some things that the Word of God shares with us that are very significant about what we have been able to do over this past week. Children are like wet cement. This is a book that I have on my shelf that I read many, many, many years ago. It was one of the first books that I put in my library. And the author, I think, entitles the book well. That children are wet cement. I have been reminded this past week that Parkside Bible Church has a big heart for children. And I am so thankful to be a part of this congregation because of what we did this past week and also what we do throughout the year. These children are literally like wet cement. And I want to hear a story that my wife shared with me that reminded me of this truth Sue, if you would come up and just tell us the story. There's the microphone down there. Tell us the story of what took place this past week because she brought in missionaries from the outside. You probably saw Dr. Sam Vinton. And she was uh, sharing some of the things that happened in that one uh, meeting that you had with the children. And tell us very quickly just what took place there.
1: Yeah, I was just amazed on Friday. Um, Each day we had a different missionary come in and share with us information about their country and about their ministries. And um, on Friday, what I did for the kids, I had been telling them all week, now listen carefully, because we're gonna have a little trivia game on Friday and we've got some prizes. I'm gonna be asking you questions that you've heard from the missionaries, thinking that most of these questions, they're not gonna remember. I wouldn't have remembered them if they hadn't been in my notes. Um, But I thought, at least it'll be an opportunity to do a review with them. So I started asking them questions. And some of these questions we had covered three, four days earlier. Um, our, Our first missionary was from Costa Rica. And I asked them, I said, what did they say the white stripe on the Costa Rican flag means? And all the hands went up. It means peace. I said, oh, wow. Yes, it does. Um, What is the high temperature in Paraguay? 120. What is unique about the Paraguay flag? Well, it has different emblems on each side. It's two-sided. We learned about the Philippines. How many islands make up the Philippines? All the hands went up. 7,000. How many languages do they speak in the Philippines? 47. I mean, they were just... Right on top of it, I'm checking my notes, making sure they're right. Dr. Sam on on Thursday taught us three words of how to say "God is good." It was "mungu ni muema." So I told him, I said, "Here's a bonus question. You may not remember this. This is a tough one, but we'll learn it together." What does "God is good" in Swahili? All the hands went up. They knew "mungu ni muema." It was amazing, and it was a reminder to me: these kids are listening they are watching, and they are absorbing way more than we can possibly imagine. So we need to be teaching them, we need to be exampling for them God's love and God's word. So it was, it was pretty encouraging.
0: Okay, thank you, Sue. Matthew chapter 18, would you notice here that Jesus makes some significant comments about children in chapter 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? who is the greatest among us here this morning? We do some comparisons, and in some ways that's true. We always look at who's doing the best job, who's the greatest, who's the weakest, and amongst the disciples, they were having not only a discussion, but in another passage of Scripture, they were arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. Jesus responds to their question in verse 2 he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells us, Who's the greatest among us? I was reminded this past week that size physically does not matter what we see. Jay Remersma, who stands about 6'4", 6'5", is that correct, Jay, about 6'5"? We won't ask you how much weight, but he's the kind of guy that when you play football you don't want to run into him. Here's a guy that stands among us as a very tall and husky man. But I'll tell you what, this man's heart was demonstrated in such a way this past week that he was one of the greatest amongst the leaders. Why? Jay got in there and he participated and he humbled himself and he participated by singing, by doing the motions. He was the most enthusiastic person when it came to singing. I'm serious. And I was encouraged watching him to say, that's right, I'm going to do this with the kids. Humbling ourselves and having a heart that says, I am here to serve you. No matter what the size of the child, no matter what the size, it doesn't matter how many of numbers, God is more concerned about the size of our hearts, not the size of our bodies. We find Jesus here describing, notice in this verse, that Jesus says, you must change You must change. We're not talking about our personalities here. We're not talking, well, you know what? That's just not my personality. I'm a shy, quiet person, and so that's just not me. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. We're not talking about personalities. We're talking about the heart that is willing to say, I am going to reach out and I'm going to serve and meet your needs, not my needs. I think oftentimes what we do in the church, we hide behind our personalities because we say, well, that's not me. Jesus is here to the disciples. You've got to make a change. Something's got to change inside your heart first. And humble yourselves and become like children. Not childish, but childlike. Childish, when you look at people that are children, sometimes children can act very childish." That is, they're very self centered. Everything rotates around them. We're not talking about being childish. We're talking about being childlike. Jesus says here that you must change and become. It's a becoming state of mind. We have not arrived yet. We can do it for a week and then we say, well, I've done my job, right? No. Notice also what Jesus does here in this passage in verse 5. Through verse 9, Jesus will talk about how we treat children. Oh, my friends, read this and weep and read this and be very significant about what Jesus is saying here. Look at verse 5. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large milestone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoa! Verse 7 To the world, because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal life and into the eternal fire. Verse 9 And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Jesus is talking about children and right in the middle of his discussion he talks about hell. (gasps) We're not supposed to talk about that with children, are we? You bet we are. Look at what he says. Be careful how you treat children. Treat them with love and respect. Treat them as human beings. And if not, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble or to fall, it'd be better for us to be maimed and not have an eye or a hand or a foot than to go into eternity, he says. And I think Jesus here gives us a strong warning about how we are to handle our children. I have to say to you, friends, that Parkside Bible Church, I think, has some significant days ahead for the children's ministry here at Parkside I really believe. Could it be that over the next couple years that our focus and our love that we have for Kids again will continue into our children's church ministry? We have children's church that we have our children go out and sometimes we have a lack of leaders there. No, we don't. We don't have a lack of leaders. We just have a lack of people stepping forward and saying, we believe in the children's ministry here. How about our Pioneer Clubs? What happens at Pioneer Clubs when we start this next fall? What are we going to do with that ministry, that focus on children? Could we have 35 leaders that step forward and say, I am so committed to children, I want to be involved? That's what I saw this past week. I saw people from this church love these kids in a very unique way, and they did it with their hearts open to God and to the little ones, and we loved our kids And I believe that God smiled at those efforts. I believe that this is where ministry happens because children are wet cement. They pick up everything. They pick up your values. They understand when they don't go to church. They understand our values when we say, when we say today, our sports is more important than our spiritual life. The American culture today is being swept into a life of let's do sports. Let's teach our kids how to be sports. Let's give them all the tools that they need to know how to throw the ball, how to catch the ball, how to kick the ball. But when it comes to spiritual things, you know what, that's not important. Let's do things that are sport driven because you know what, that's more fun and our kids have more fun. When are we going to say to our kids, this is a value of this home. No, really, when are we going to do that? I heard of a story this past week of a family from our congregation, a teenager who was going to go out for a a job that she wanted so badly. And mom and dad and the teenager sat down together, and they looked at the schedule that they were going to give this teenager, and she had to work one Sunday out of the month. And the parents had a conversation with that teenager. And they said, we don't think that you should take this job because you need to be in church. That's important for you. And this young lady said no to that job position. Yeah, but it's only once a, week, or once a month. And they saw that as a value. And I just, I applauded that family and I said, way to go. Because today the values is all about sports. I'll be just as blunt and upfront with you as I can possibly be. Train your children to love God first. That doesn't mean that we can't miss times. I, I understand. I don't want to become legalistic. But friends, our kids are like wet cement. And they pick up everything. I mean everything. And Jesus, I think, makes a great case here for us to say, Train them well because they are so valuable. Look at verse 10. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that there angels in heaven. Always see the face of my Father in heaven. What does that mean? There's some kind of connection between the angelic angels of heaven and our children. And I'm not sure what, this is the only verse in the Bible that has any kind of indication here that the angels see the face of God. And they somehow are connected with our little ones. I'm not sure what that all means. I just know that there's something that we don't see here that is very significant about our children and our grandchildren. And Look at what Jesus continues to go on and he says in verse 12, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 and the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Verse 14, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones will be lost. Three times he mentions little ones in this passage of scripture. The disciples didn't learn the lesson. In chapter 19, when the little ones were brought to Jesus, in chapter 19, the picture is this. They bring the little ones for Jesus to lay his hands on and to bless them. And you know know what the disciples say? Push the children away. They didn't get it. They still didn't get it. I think Parkside Bible Church has got it. I think this past week was a significant week for us. I'd like to challenge you and I to this thought. What are we going to do in the future to reach our children? What if? What if Parkside Bible Church became known as a church that has a dynamic, a dynamic children's ministry that the community knows? And they know that when their kids walk in here, those kids are going to be loved, cared for preparation, 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 preparation. We're going to prepare our hearts for those little ones, and we're going to be so excited and enthusiastic. We're going to sing these songs. We're going to dance with them. We're going to celebrate. We're going to share this, uh, this gospel message right here. Thursday, when we shared this, the kids were asking for this during snacks. We want, we want to play with that cube. And they learned the gospel. And then they believe the gospel. There may be some places in heaven this past week that are there because our children were introduced to Jesus Christ and they know that Christ died for their sins. How about you? Have you made that step of faith? Do you know that Christ died for for your sins? Some of you are here this morning and some of you maybe have never taken that step of faith and you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend... You and I do not have to go to the mission field to be an evangelist. I appreciate the fact that we're sending missionaries like this to uh, other countries. But you know where missionary work starts? Right here. If we can't do it and if we don't do it here, I think we've missed the boat. But we haven't. We've not missed the boat. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know that he's your savior? Believe on him today. Become like a little child and humble yourself. Believe on him. And then let's embrace together. We've got resources beyond measure here at this church. I can't wait to see what this next year is going to be when it comes to our children's ministry. We need more Phyllises. How many of you are willing to step up to the plate? How many of you are willing to say, I can do this? I can use my gifts. Don't be afraid. Step out of your comfort zone. Do it. Stretch yourself. Know that God loves the little children. And he cares for them deeply. What a great opportunity. What a great celebration. What a wonderful week. Let's bow our hearts and our heads in a word of prayer, shall we? Father, how good it is to come to this new week and to look back to see the greatness of the gospel. Thank you, Father, for the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes that all possible. Father, our focus is upon him today. For it's what he did at the cross of Calvary. He there went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. We've been forgiven. All of our sin has been paid for in full. We are so grateful, Father, for that gospel message. And Father, today if there is a young boy, young girl, a teenager or a parent or a grandparent that is here that has not taken that step of faith, I pray that today would be the day that they say, yes, I know that I'm a sinner and I need somebody to save me. And I believe that Christ died on the cross for my sin. Father, honor that prayer this morning. Honor that commitment. We celebrate today, Father, the great joy of seeing some of these children come to faith in the Lord Jesus. We celebrate knowing that your heavens celebrate as well. And so, Father, we pray that as we eat this meal together, that it might be a great time of joy and a great time of celebration. Thank you for your grace yet again.